You ready? Ready. Hit. That's a hit. This is the, the new Chase Outdoors podcast. It's been oh a, a year, over a year. Uh, yeah, I think more than a year. Yeah, yeah, because life and stuff, things and, happen. Like yeah. hunts, hunts happen. Hunts happen. Lots of hunts have happened. A ton. Um, I don't even know since we did the last podcast. I don't even know what it was on. That's how long it, ago I it was. I think you know. I just listened to it the other Actually, day. Actually, you like, know, the last funny, one was, was with the, my grandpa. Oh, the last serious one. Yeah, the, the last, last. Yeah, the last one was the. Sarsaparilla double barrels of oh yeah the fun and the, flavor the and blooper <laughs> intro thing that Aaron put out um, that was hilarious though obviously Aaron is not here today so I am the podcast host and I will probably be for most of them um, now that we're back up and going and yeah what are we talking about today so well so it's been a while then podcast host introduce yourself. I'm I'm Dylan Curry. There you go. And I'm here to my left with Cody Thomas, and to my right, in the the chair covered with a bear. I'm is, in the bear chair. Is Mister Hank Towers? That's me. Cody's also a Mister. Just to clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> the boring one that misses all the hunts and all the podcasts. <laughs> yeah, mo- Cody misses most things because of work, but it's all right. I mean, he's he's good at building things. So I feel you. That's cool. Yeah, not too bad. Everybody actually has real jobs, so we don't get to hunt all the times. I mean, I kind of do, but not really. There's few of us. Yeah. I mean, real life sucks when you can't just go hunt, hunt all the time. But it's part of what makes it more fun, though. Right, Because yeah. you get the anticipation of, of waiting for when you can actually go out and do it. You mean like waiting 10 years for an oak tag? I mean, exactly <laughs> like that. Has it been? Has it been 10 years? Last time we I drew archery tag with you was 2010. Yeah, yeah. Ten years on the dot then. Yeah. So. All all of the 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 manic archery escapades up around Flagstaff on that. <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> Missing bulls. I, that was actually a pretty good hunt though. Uh, if we got on a lot of bulls, we just I, didn't make it happen. I can't remember how many days we actually hunted. Did we only? Do we only hunt the weekends on that hunt? I think we hunted three or four days tops. Total, yeah. And I'm still like 95% confident that I shot that bull with you. Yeah, I think when you, you had the right, rangefinder. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you hit him in the brisket and we just never found that bull. Because we did find those cows later in the hunt and never saw that, that bull with them again. That's never true. found my arrow, never found any blood, nope. never found anything. Mm-mm. And I remember we did go back and did, but recap the story real quick. We we had archery tags in 2010. Me, me and Cody, and my sister and brother-in-law, and so all four of us had archery early tags during the rut. And uh, I, I just so long ago, I don't even remember what day that was during the hunt that. We got on bulls. That was the first evening when you shot at that bull. Was it? Yeah. And I, had, we had set it up. We only had one rangefinder between me and you. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
we were still getting into it. And I, I had shot a, a bull in 2007, so I was trying to give you first opportunity to shoot one, so I gave you the rangefinder. And but you had the shooting lane, I didn't. Yeah, so we, we get it. Long story short, we get on these elk and, and get into position, and, and we're in a burn, and, and Cody's got the rangefinder, and he ranges it, and the, the elk's just like, it was, just, it was beating up a tree. Yeah. And it was beating up like this one little live juniper tree in the burn, and Cody, instead of shooting at it, just puts his bow down. And I'm like, what the heck? Well, I had a perfect shooting lane, and I was, so I wasn't going to wait, and I, I shot at the bull, just estimated the range. But I was probably 15, 20 yards to your right when I shot, and we heard what sounded like a hit. Bull acted like it was hit, and the rest of the herd, I don't think they ran away immediately. It was a long time ago. Yeah. I haven't thought about this hunt in a long time either. No, we went back and looked for that bull a couple times, actually. Yeah, we we backed out because that was right before dark, like 15, 20 minutes before dark. Mm-hmm. And then, did we come back that night? We did come back that night. We went back that night. We came back at like 3 o'clock in the morning because it was in an open burn. Mm-hmm. And we went and looked for my arrow it was a full moon that night also yeah or a bright moon i think you were still shooting luminox at the time i i don't know because i we we, i wasn't sure where i hit on the elk and went back and looked for it several times and Mm. never found the arrow never found the elk anyways yeah we we never found the bull and hunted several more days we saw i remember seeing a giant mule deer buck on that hunt or well, we didn't see it but uh Cole Cole and Alyssa Alyssa got pictures like a 170 class mule deer on that hunt yeah yep. you missed the bull several times yeah i missed the spike <laughs> at everything between 50 and 80 yards with all five arrows so yeah, he's, he's <laughs> pretty <just> successful <laughs> dumping arrows down range and, i mean hey that was 10 years ago though and starting out young kid yeah you've been putting in for every year since for then archery tags and Every all year. early season tags the whole time and mm-hmm. and finally drew an early muzzy tag yeah so that's gonna be awesome it's gonna be a blast oh yeah i love that hunt it's a, it's an incredibly fun hunt yep. great red action and my mom has a tag also so we've got two of the 50 tags in our camp yeah and, and then uh Tracy has one of the bull tags too don't know how she drew it she drew it with one point because she drew a bull tag last year so i'm like how does this woman do this shit? This is really like pissing me off. She draws a bull tag every year. I'm like, I took ten years to draw this tag, and she draws it with one. I'm like, how the hell do you do that? Uh, well, that it just that's how the draw your, works. Reaffirms your faith in the lottery system, I suppose. <laughs> that's that's how it's, it that's that how it's way. supposed to work. Yeah. Uh, you now, know. If only I could draw a sheep tag. <laughs> yeah, uh, we. I just applied this last week for sheep, and yep. Yeah. Me too. I, I'm not gonna draw. You know. My odds of drawing a sheep tag are about the same as getting COVID-19, so not very good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. But that bull hunt, though, of Cody's coming up, super excited for it. I'm going to be there the whole time. I've got all the time off and allotted for it. And then my father drew a bull tag this year also, uh, the late eight rifle tag. He hasn't we, had a tag in a while. That was the tag that I had last year that I was successful on. We've we've got so many 
so many elk hunts. That white bird behind your head is most of those are oh, elk hunts on there. Uh, One, two, three, four. F- five of those are elk hunts. Five of them are elk, yeah. That are that are on the board. That are that are on the schedule. Uh, my sister's got a late tag. My mom's got a tag. My wife's got a tag. And then of course we've got a a bunch of clients lined up also, and some bear hunts on the schedule. Speaking of bear hunts, you uh, what what what? I was just gonna say what's what's rolling. He finally killed one this year. <laughs> I did. Yeah, he he, he finally <laughs> finally killed one. And, and speaking of elk, it's in the same unit we're gonna be hunting elk in. So it is yeah. very true. Um, yeah, and you and you did it. What date? What date did you kill that bear? What date? Yeah, Ooh, date. You're gonna make me look. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was early. It was in. It was in. Was it in April? Yeah. Uh, a lot, we've done a lot of hunting since this April. has happened. We have. Just before April, it was leading into it. No, you you were you were mid mid to early April, I believe, when you shot that bear. Um, oh, April second. Okay, yeah. Yes. So early, early April just early, happened. Early, early April. Because I I had been out the the weekend prior, the two two weekends prior actually, I believe, in a row, and I had found that bear by myself scouting. Really, it was a new area, and it looked good. Went in there, and I, I'm super ADHD when we go into a spot. If it's not interesting to me, I'm not staying there. I have zero patience. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm notorious for for moving. Even if I'm in a good spot, even if we're seeing bears, it's like, ah, if we're not seeing what, we're, what we want to see, it's like, okay, let's go back to the vehicle and go drive two hours somewhere else and go check out another let's spot. Let's go to this next waypoint that I have tagged. Yeah. So I, I got into that canyon, and it looked looked good, felt good. And I was abnormally patient because I got there late morning and and waited, you know, for the evening glass. Got up there, had my lunch, had <laughs> took a nap, and and was just like, I'm gonna study this hillside right here because it looked all the conditions looked right, feet looked right, it was at the right elevation. It, the canyon had everything, and sure enough, in the evening, bear pops up, and I watched it for nearly two hours out feeding took some video of it and uh i decided at this point in my bear hunt journey i didn't need to shoot that bear look like an old bear really ugly bear sorry the bear is ugliest bear yeah it, it, it looked seen. like it started to get mange i mean it, it was an old bear it, yeah it, <laughs> like it, no it looked absolutely terrible and i could have killed it it was as long as I watched it, and I'm like, ah, I think that was still in March then, obviously. And I was like, man, I could shoot a bear in March. That'd be kind of cool, really early. But I, I just filmed it and then came back, and I told you guys about it. And a couple of weeks went by, and it was like, well, Hank doesn't get out very much. Like, and by not very much, I mean, like, basically never. <laughs> to actually go bear hunting. Unless I've got a tag, it's hard for me to get out, yeah. With work schedules Speaking and stuff. And, and so me and Hank were talking, and it's like, well, go see if you can find that bear again. Like, here's the pin. Go check it out. I couldn't go with you. And uh, my brother-in-law went went up with you. And I'll let you kind of take it from there. 
yeah, I got the text like, hey, you know, who wants to go find that bear again? And it's like, sure, you know, I've got nothing going on. It's right before a, a crazy busy time there for me at work. We've got some seasonal stuff that pops up that just demands a lot of overtime. And it was right before that, said, screw it, I'm going to take a couple days off before this. And then uh, your brother-in-law, my, who happens to be one of my childhood best friends, right, just says, hey, you know, I'm going to go with you. So we go up and day one, we got a late start, <clears throat> got up to camp a little bit late and woke up. Uh, a little bit late also, and kind of <laughs> slept in, which seems to be the going thing for all of our bear hunts, sleep in a little bit, and then just kind of cruise out there at some point. I've seen, uh, <laughs> we're going a little little divergent path here, but yeah, I, I'm not a morning person at all. I don't like hunting bears in the morning. I don't like hunting anything. I don't like waking up in the morning. <laughs> Dylan has you, never been a morning person in all the time the I've known him. No, it's it's gotten a lot better. It's gotten a lot better. It, 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 a lot more disciplined with actually getting up early when I have to. Uh, yeah, but if I don't have to, especially if conditions are good when bear hunting, it's like, ah, uh, We'll just wait a little while because we're going to see one at nine o'clock. Also, so <laughs> we could just see one then. He, he, uh, he likes one thing in the morning, and that's a honey bun. Uh, honey bun, honey <laughs> buns, and, and pre-workout. <laughs> Those are great. Uh, and I, so I, I've seen this question like pop up several times on like the bear hunting group and stuff, and people asking, you know, what you know, what times do you see the most bears and. I would say, on average, you know, the most productive time, obviously, is that first and last hour of the day. But we've literally seen bears at any time during the daylight throughout the day. It doesn't matter if if the conditions are right. But especially that early spring stuff, it's it's that's usually a, a be-out-all-day, you know, situation because you don't have anything to really concentrate the bears in, in one particular place so you just got to be there as much as possible and up your odds so you you kind of missed a little opportunity not getting out early a little bit yeah which i mean might have ultimately led to the incredibly late night that we had but <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun nonetheless get out a little bit late cruise up to that hillside and we're sitting down and you know you'd mentioned eating lunch right you sent us a picture while you were out there of tacos resting on the btx right that's what we compared it to i was like well here's here's what he sent us look yeah no i think we're sitting right here on this spot and cole agrees with me and we're looking and then we start picking up picking apart that hillside too and decide that we need to move even further in so we pack up a little bit and move further in and sitting there taking a nap uh i kind of woke up after about 30 minutes of napping and set the binos right where I wanted to look, right where like looked promising to me, which was this perfect like a rock. Right? And, and I, which is which is exactly the pin. it's what I when I was looking at the aerial imagery, I pinned that rock. And was like, look so we're right here on this hill. This boulder, look at that boulder. That's a nice boulder. <laughs> That's a nice boulder right there. Well so funny story, right? I set the fifteens up right there over my lap on that rock lay back fall asleep and i wake up to cole waking up from his nap because well you know late night late morning and and he grabs my binos moves them off my 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 spot he grabs them he's he's looking through them. he brought his tens only uh on that very short trip 
and he's looking and he wasn't looking for more than 30 seconds. He couldn't have been looking for more than 30 seconds. I remember I'm grabbing him, sitting him down and then going bear. I got a bear and I snap awake, like awake, awake. Now at this point, I'm like, okay, nice. He's all here. Look. And I look and it's right on that rock that I had the binos set on. Like (laughs) not a joke. And it's sitting on that rock, like a dog, just like looking around the Canyon chilling and by rock it's not like we're not talking like wheelbarrow size rock this is like no this is a vehicle huge size this is boulder. a huge rock and it's just sitting on it but there, it's, it's it, the only prominent feature on that hillside though there there's a very small rock slide and then that rock and then that's all you got everything else is just uniform brush just all brush which leads me to the second half of the story after after the kill yeah that was a mess but anyways we uh we pick up that bear and get set up there was not a good shooting spot at all it was it was on a very steep incline so uh in the hillside you guys were sitting on is also all brush chest high brush yeah yeah for the majority of it and then uh you know we're up at we're up towards the top of it um try to find the best spot we can i pile both packs up jacket everything that we had to try to make a bench to, to shoot off of. And, and I had to dig into the hillside a little bit to get my knee rested because I was just sliding down the hill. It was so steep. And uh, Range the Bear steps into the into this uh, nice, perfect little opening at 580 yards. And uh, that was it. Done. The 7 Mag reached out and touched it. And it dumped it right there. Went rolling down the hill. And and that was the point that I get a foam call and have serious FOMO. Cause I'm at work. I'm at work getting like text updates because they had service where they were, and then Hank calls me, and I'm like, "Do you guys need help?" Uh, yes. Like I'm, I still got a couple hours work left, and uh, Cole Camp and, and Daniel, which uh, we'll get Daniel, we'll get both those guys on here soon, and introduce Daniel to uh, everybody to Daniel. I guess Daniel to everybody. You know. <laughs> vice versa <laughs> both ways um they volunteered to to get out of town right then to to go help you guys yeah they did and it's a good thing they did because so that bear hit the dirt at 345 ish right 345 in the afternoon we make the phone calls everything and and dan was one of the calls that uh that we made he's like did you guys shoot that bear across that canyon <laughs> yes he's like oh no <laughs> i'm leaving my house now <laughs> so it takes him a while to get up there um, he, he didn't even really need to be asked it was just he knew where the spot was and it's like uh they're gonna need two help. people are screwed it was where rough. you shot that bear it was rough so him and cole kemp uh both made the drive up they they met up took them a little bit to meet up and then took them a little a little bit to uh carpool up and then uh, they got to a good spot to hike in, and 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 hiked up the up the canyon bottom to to where we were at. Man, it took which, it took a long which time. Theoretically, looks like the easiest route because the way you came in, which is the way I went in and scouted the spot, was to climb directly up the opposite face and then peek over into the canyon. And then you shot the bear and had to drop down and then go back up. Well, the access allowed you to basically go to the mouth of the canyon, which is a little further, but it was significantly less elevation change to just 
walk up the bottom twice as far rather than going up, going down, and going back up. Yeah, so it was longer. It sounded it, good. It was longer in a straight line, but way less elevation change. But, I mean, we also had to contend with, like, eight-foot waterfalls and stuff, so that was fun. Yeah, it uh, it sounded good in theory, but it didn't really work out that way. Because after about, like, the guys only had a mile, mile and a quarter as the crow flies from where they started walking into you. And a little bit more it, than that, but yeah, yes, about yeah, well, that, right? It wasn't, it wasn't quite two miles. It did yeah. take a while though, coming up that creek, especially in the dark. By the time that everybody, well, got it, up it there. ended up being a lot longer distance wise with all the navigation they had to get get there. I think it took them three and a half hours or so to go a mile, something like that. And it was, it was a trek for backtracking, sure. Backtracking, trying to find routes up through the cliffs to actually get to you guys, and. At that point, like, you guys had service. They didn't have service. And those guys, Gary, I've given lots of crap for this. Like, <laughs> most of us carry, like, lorems. We can, we can text mm-hmm. when we don't have service. Well, Daniel had his. Didn't even, like, bother to update anybody. <laughs> and, and we're expecting that they're going to be there. You know, like, it took you... Did it take you two hours to get the bear? It took me, yeah, that's right where it took I you two hours to get to the bear. So the they, bear hit the it dirt. It took them that long to start hiking in, and we expected them to be there, you know, about four hours after you shot it, that they would, you know, meet you guys at the bear because they knew where it was. And they didn't show up. No. They didn't contact anybody. No. Everybody's like, hmm, are they coming? So we, I, I actually we at least knew they were on the way, right? Yeah, we, we, we knew get, they we were. We get that bear. We down. knew they were in or out. They were in the area. We just didn't know if they were physically going to be able to get to you. No updates. I actually was getting ready, and I was like, "Well, I know where you're at. I can just come in the way you guys went and come over over the ridge and meet you, and I can be there in three hours. And this is this is like nine o'clock at night. Like I'll be there at midnight." To, to come meet you guys. And I got, I mean, I got most of the way across the valley before we before had it. finally got a call. At, nope, we're yeah, here. Before we finally had any communication from the other guys that they were indeed in the right area and made it to you, which thankfully they did because you were not in good shape. I was not. That was rough. So that bear hits the dirt 345 in the afternoon. Like you said, two hours. It took us two hours to get from shooting location to the bear. That's how steep and thick and deep this canyon was, right? The shot was 580. So, I mean, it's it's not a short poke, right? That's a, that's a decent shot. But the trek to get there was insane. Super, super thick. I mean, our arms were cut up. Our legs were cut up. We were hating life. And uh, we, finally, we finally get up to where that bear went down, and I start looking around. No blood. I'm like, well, we saw the bear. Like, the bear's down. It's somewhere over here. It was just so thick that we could not see. So we found some laid over brush like, okay, nope, there it is. Bear rolled this way and 10 yards, 15 yards through the brush. There's the bear. It's crazy how thick it was. You couldn't see that far through it. Uh, and then, you know, pick this bear up. It's the oldest animal I think I've ever held. <laughs> the pads on this thing were so gray and cracked, no color in them. Just, just deep, deep cracks, no hair on its face. It was a cool bear, just ugly. It's, it's it's the it's the anteater bear for sure. It's, yeah, it's an aardvark. It's not attractive. 
But uh, yeah, you 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 earned it. And uh, what time do you guys actually get out after? Uh, the so guys back got to, to you? back to camp. Bear hit the dirt three forty five. Took us two hours to get to it. So like six fifteen ish, right? Somewhere around that mark. Pictures taken, and then Cole and I started just hooking it down the hill. <laughs> Just get it down into the creek. There, there really wasn't any place to work on the bear where you shot it. That face is that, so sheer. It's just it's just thick and straight up and down. There's there's no surface to work on. Like we tried laying over brush to do it, and you couldn't with, with couldn't get two, a with solid. two people and and the bear was a sow. The bear was super old, and it was small bodied. And with two people in that situation, like get it to the bottom, get it to a safe place to work on it because where you were at. It would have taken you twice as long to deal with the bear if you tried to do it on that face. Oh, and then we would have had to hike down that crazy. Gravity is at least on your back. side, making it go downhill. It's very true. But it doesn't uh, take a lot of effort to get it going. Yeah, but to uh, to finish the the rest of that story off, right? We get it down in the creek bottom, and and uh, that's when I started feeling a little rough. You know, Cole was like, "How you feeling?" I was like, "Dude, it's harder going downhill than it is going uphill," and that's like. It clicked like, oh, I am completely out of gas right now. Get down to the bottom, get it taken care of, um, get warm, get some food in us, which the food was delivered by Dan and Cole. That was amazing. It was the soggiest, coldest Wendy's cheeseburger I have ever <laughs> eaten. Like it was soggy. Like it was in their bag and they fell in the creek. Like, <laughs> But I ate every bite of it and it was amazing and laid there for another 15 minutes or so and, and we got that bear stuffed in packs and left. We, uh, we took the route that they used to get up to us back because the elevation changed. Like we weren't going to hike back up that mountain, especially with the, uh, took the long way. out. Yeah, we, we did. We just, we took the long way out, but the elevation change, it seemed like the easier route, especially with the, uh, the amount of fuel left in the tank, both me and Cole. Uh, we didn't get back to camp until two 30 in the morning. So it was 11 hours worth of, in, in mess i mean in retrospect what you did was kind of dumb kind of dangerous <laughs> you guys did not you had no risk of not having enough water because there was water everywhere yeah but food wise you didn't have enough and you way expended everything you oh, had absolutely in you, had low blood sugar glycogen stores were gone had nothing left in the tank. So, I mean, that goes... Always take more food than you than think you're gonna you need. Than you're going to eat. Who cares if it's heavy on your back, right? Learn that lesson. Learn the lesson from me. Don't learn that the hard way yourself, guys. Now, funny story aside, you know, it was it was kind of dumb. But, uh, you know, having having good buddies there to, to come back in helped out a lot, so... Which, that's something that's very important. All of us, we hunt together... It's a pretty tight knit group. We we all are connected to each other. All have really good trust in our friends group. And like a lot of times that we're you go in a situation like you're quite literally whoever you're with, or even if you're solo and, and we're just communicating from a distance. Like there's always someone there that is going to show up if you need help. Like you're quite literally putting all of your trust and your life in each other's hands at times in because we hunt some stuff that's not very forgiving there's a reason why not very many people go into those places you could literally die in some of the situations like mm-hmm. there's been some sketchy stuff that's happened and thankfully nothing 
nothing serious. I don't, nothing other than scratches and bruises have happened to anybody. But having a a tight knit group of people is incredibly important to what we do and how we do it. And I that's something else that I see on social media a lot is is people just either like new people getting into hunting and they're you know trying to make connections and and kind of build a group of people to hunt with or they're just on social media bitching that they have nobody to hunt with (laughs) (laughs) you've got both extremes (laughs) yeah it's like some people are actively trying to build relationships and, and find those people to to hunt with and it's it's just more fun to do with other people i I get it. Some people like to do the solo thing, and that's all right every once in a while to me, but I like sharing that experience with other people. And from a safety standpoint, too, it's like I got a family. I got kids. I got a wife. I want to come home. I'm not really interested in doing a lot of crazy stuff when I'm by myself. I'm When I'm out like solo scouting and that kind of things. I'm very conservative in, in what I do. I'll push into areas that I'm familiar with, but I tend to not explore in the same manner as when I'm with the group because I know we can do more stuff and have more brain power and more resources if something bad were to occur in those situations. I, you know, I don't want to be 10 miles, 12 miles from the truck by myself and have something go wrong. Not that I think that I would die in a situation like that i would you know you do everything to care, take care of yourself in those situations but it's just mentally i get more accomplished having good buddies out there to hunt with and scout with and and yeah what if i don't know what, what do you think about that like what what do you see from our our group like our group dynamic that's that's important i mean the camaraderie itself right i mean if you just want to take that in a in an individual slice and look at that right having that friendship there to to lift each other up and push each other through things like that now don't get me wrong i've been very successful on some solo hunts right my elk i've had a couple archery hunts that have been successful um solo but you just you don't you don't have that sense of camaraderie there with you right I think, yeah, I think the accomplishment's much greater with yeah, other like, people around you. And Like Cole was with me for that bear. You know, I shot that bear. It hits the dirt. I, he was jumping up and down, like, more excited than I was, Oh yeah. I think. Like, it was, woo, screaming. And, and to some extent, also, I think there's a level of of accountability. Like, when, when we talk about where we want to go, what we want to do, like, sometimes you're out there don't want to wake up in the morning like we talked about <laughs> or or you're just like you're five six seven days into a hunt and you're gassed and you're not motivated and it's like your buddy you know talks you into actually no we we, we had this plan we're doing this we're, get we're up, gonna dylan make... as we're shaking you in your cot trying to get you to wake the heck up yeah, well, well, once I'm awake, it's often me pushing you guys. So, like, no, we said we we're going to the top of that mountain. We're going, we're going to the going top to the of that top. mountain. We're going to look at that base. Chasing us with cattle prods sometimes. Get up there. Ah. there there's a, uh, a lot of accountability that comes with it. But I, you, you got to 
you got to choose carefully too yeah who, who you hunt with like oh totally there's i don't we we, we all know the the crappy people that have been around that we find with and and you know a, a few hunts some some people take longer than others to figure out that they're not the best people to hunt with they're not doing things for your best interest but man if you can if you can find people that that mesh with what you're doing and, and how you're doing it and and help you to to learn and support you like that will benefit you as much as any practice or any any field experience is just having a good team of solid people behind you. Oh yeah, sharing those common goals and a, and a drive to achieve those goals. Like killing your elk here coming up soon. Let's do it. That's the plan. <laughs> I'm excited for a muzzleloader hunt. Oh, I can't wait. I've never even. Well, I guess I've shot a muzzleloader a few times when he had that desert muzzy tag. But other than Forks, that, Forks and Dark's Outfitters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be fun though. Was that the last? That might have been the last day of the season that I shot that. Well, bit. it was the last day that I was hunting. I don't think it was the last day of the season. No, I don't think so. That I deer, just remember that deer literally ran across out. the road and then went up on a mountain and thought it was safe. <laughs> <laughs> you are not safe when you stop. <laughs> so I, I hiked up the backside of the ridge and popped up and dusted that little <laughs> little forky horn with a gigantic muzzle over there's right. nothing wrong with shooting a forky we've all done it <laughs> oh yeah we have i i can say that i've never been a part of killing a, a, any is it no no cow elk no does no spikes they've all been forks or better i've, kill, I've <laughs> killed three forks they've all had a sack on them this <laughs> no no little little baby deer <laughs> Just you know, like slightly larger than that. <laughs> slightly larger than the baby deer. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it, I'm pumped for elk season. I'm pumped for pumped for bear season. Bears. I uh, looking out the window right here. There's there's thunderheads to the east. I seen them rolling they're, in. They're, uh, it's it's beginning up north. It's it's preparing everything for the fall and. I'm optimistic about the places we're going to hunt and the feed. And we had a super wet winter. The spring's already been incredible. We've, we've killed three bears already. already. This spring. We should have killed like five or six, but yes. we, we we made a count on three of them and a couple of giants. And a really, really old aardvark. Yeah, and a really old, <laughs> ugly aardvark, which was... It, for, it was a sow, right, but I mean, it was in a aggressively medium sound but when we, when we get dan on here we'll have to <laughs> to tell his, his story on his bear and uh i i guess we can it isn't really on the list of things but while we're we're talking this is just kind of a, a spring bear episode um we'll talk about uh the second spring bear dan's no, or no get garrett's yeah um that was a studly bear i was supposed to have my my cousins from texas rhett and garrett um they were going to come out and hunt with me last year and i scouted a whole bunch in the spring and of course we hunted last spring quite a bit uh, we didn't actually kill any spring bears we passed up several last year and we were just we were mostly doing a lot of 
exploring and just checking new areas. So this year going into the spring, like I had already had all those places in my back pocket and went and found a whole bunch of new places and then went, you know, back and investigated those, saw what the feed conditions were like. And, and unfortunately last year when they were supposed to come out, the uh, female harvest limit got met for the, for the hunts and we weren't able to hunt. It was, they were coming out the week after it closed. It was like, okay, we'll push it back and you guys come out next year. So it was kind of Garrett's high school graduation present to come out here and, and hunt bears because he really hasn't got to do any hunting in Arizona because they moved when he was, I think, only like 10 that they moved to West Texas. Um, and Rhett's, I mean, Rhett's pretty familiar with a good portion of the state and he got to hunt around the ranch quite a bit and has lots of great stories and memories of, of hunting that area. Like he knows how rugged some of this place can be and and wanted to show it to his son and you know where they're from there's nothing like <laughs> like what we're hunting bears in <laughs> and so they they came out this spring and and i had already seen quite a few bears it was compared to last year which actually last year was the weird spring like so i was scouting in may and scouting slash hunting and scouting with a rifle and i got a lot of <laughs> snow in may last year it was weird we had we had less like winter relapse <laughs> in late may last year and it it made all the it made the feed conditions really strange for the entire year in a lot of places with the storms that we got the cold storms we got last year and this year i'd say was more typical it was kind of a dryish fall and then we had like a little bit of abnormally wet winter to make up for it and then coming into spring it was it was more normal there's more it felt normal on the ground condition it's, it's more normal now yeah like yeah right now the last like month or so has been more more normal. usual yeah like typical wind conditions I mean, typical temps green right because the very green up north winter, this year very very green very green it, it it made up for anything we had lacking prior to that and so i went and scattered all those areas we still had we still had snow on on all of the all the tall peaks the, the high peaks and a lot of places in northern arizona and shady spots still you know I, and it was it was cold it was i mean it was cold when when I found your bear in March, it was really freaking cold, and and that was relatively low elevation, and and it was still like nearly freezing at night, and so I we were we were much higher elevation later later in the spring, and they come out. We saw, I saw a bunch of bears scouting, and it's like okay, we're gonna like we got some options. We can go to a few different places, but. We're going to go to this one particular spot, which I had seen the most bears in. And Rhett and, and Garrett, like, they'd, they'd prayed about it. They'd, they knew what what to expect. And and Rhett just really wanted Garrett to get a bear. Like, that was the main purpose of their trip to come out here and hunt, was for Garrett to get a bear. And, and it worked out. It 
it, yeah, it was the, the first day. They got here on Thursday. We went out. I don't know. I can't remember if we saw a bear on Thursday. Uh, at this point, like, all bear stories for me get, like, confused they all just together. together. Now at this point. If I don't write them down or, or, or do anything with them, like, immediately, I, I have a hard time recalling stuff at this point. There's been so many trips. But it was it was actually the, yeah, so the first night we went out, hiked into a glassing spot, you know, and I kind of talked to him, showed him the area, you know, both of them are just like, whoa, this is the country we're hunting. It's like, yeah, this is <laughs> this is where bears this live. This is in the Arizona. kind of stuff we're gonna be in the whole time. And you know, when when we get any sort of opportunity, we're gonna have to make a count. And it was like ten, fifteen minutes from last light and a big, big chocolate bear popped out across from us, but it was like eleven hundred yards out. And there was absolutely no time to actually go after the thing. So we we backed out, took some video of it, backed out, and we made a game plan for the next morning to come back around um, a, a different road, come in basically the, behind what we were looking at the night before and hike in like that so that we were then on the same face that the, that we saw the bear on the night before thinking you know cold temps maybe this bear is gonna act pretty lethargic and not travel a whole bunch because since it was out feeding and maybe we'll see it on that same slope first thing in the morning so we get out i mean it's ripping wind it's freezing cold get out on that point and of course the way it would work out is the bear is not in the basin that it was in the night before because it never works out like that it's in the next one so even further so even further away so me and me and garrett dropped down into the canyon and we were trying to get to this like intermediate point to be able to shoot across to it and there's one thing like if you hunt with me when i get excited i go fast I go really fast. <laughs> like, don't try to keep up with me. You go at your own pace. I'm not going to outdistance you, no matter who I'm hunting with. Like, I, if I have to, I will physically drag you with me. But <laughs> I can do that. But uh, I move pretty dang quick. And Garrett, I mean, Garrett's in pretty good shape. Big kid, but he's a football player. And he, he, Kept up with me really well and, until about halfway up the other side, and then he realized I should not be trying to keep <laughs> keep this pace. So we cut, we backed off and, and popped up, and I mean it was just absolute hell coming up that that ridge. Just the worst brush. I mean we're it looked like we already had killed a bear. There was so much blood on me, but it was my blood. And so we pop up, man. Rhett and, and my uncle Doug were back as our spotters keeping an eye on the bear and it's just milling around feeding up the slope and i'm like we gotta go and they're, they're like are you guys there yet and it's like we're only halfway there do you not know what we're hiking through and obviously they didn't but it's like come on yeah if we could just waltz over here and shoot the thing we would it's gonna take a minute to get over to this spot i think it took us about a half hour to 
drop down, come up the other side, and, and get into position. And I mean, which as a li- spotter, you know, seems like forever. Oh yeah, you you're all, sitting there all that glass, anticipation. Just, what's going on? But uh, yeah, it didn't work. The the bear course five minutes before we top out. I mean, we're fifty yards from the top, and it's like take it's five minutes to go fit the last fifty yards because you're so gassed at that point. And in that time, it topped out, got in the brush, and disappeared. And it's like, okay, well, you got to try it. You got to make, you got to go after, you know, any good play. And the bear was enormous, huge, huge, uh, really, really dark brown, dark chocolate bear, and just had a big blocky head on it, really pronounced. It was very obvious this big, lanky thing was a, just an older boar. And, one that we really wanted to kill so we made the play didn't work but don't ever make a play on a bear and just be like oh it's done and give up and be loud and haul butt out of there like just wait because if there's one a lot of times we see more than one a lot of times you see more than one bear in the same spot so we actually set up and waited because the bear you know gone back and forth and we're thinking, you know, we'll wait 15, 20 minutes. Maybe the bear feeds back onto our side. Because really the way the wind was, my thinking was, if I'm an animal, I don't want to walk up to the top of that ridge line and just get blasted. Because the bear was feeding on the leeward side of the mountain and where it was relatively calm. And we were down on this intermediate ridge, so we were also sheltered from the wind. But everything above us was just getting blasted. Like, we'll sit and wait 15, 20 minutes, see what happens. And the temps, temps were just going up. Blue, bluebird sky, temps are going up. And it's like, okay, let's, we were not in a good position where we could see much from where we were set up. We were in a good shooting spot, but we couldn't really glass from where we were. So it's like, okay, we're going to back up and back up this spine, gain some elevation, be able to look into the basin below us better and look across to the other side of the canyon just in case there's a new bear over there. And so we back up the ridge, get about halfway up the spine. We're going up to this little spot we call the Grassy Saddle. And I'm just, I don't have my glass out, but I'm scanning the hillsides and Actually, most of the bears I see, I don't glass up. Yeah, I you just, pick up movement. Absolutely. I just pick them up with naked eye, it, even out to a mile plus. Uh, I'd say only, I'd say less than half the bears I see, I actually glass up. I'm just watching. Just watching for movement, watching for shapes. I just see this, you know, shadowy figure bouncing up the hillside across to the north of us and hit a quick range on the hillside. 1,100 yards is another very distinctly different chocolate bear, which I later called the oil drum bear because this thing is like milk chocolate colored, not dark chocolate, milk chocolate. And it is perfectly cylindrical. <laughs> just a huge bear. And it's just cruising up the, the shade line, going, I mean, clearly going somewhere. Came out of the bottom. Uh, no way it winded us because of the wind direction. Don't know what it was doing. Don't know where it was going. I mean, it wasn't staying where we could do anything. It's just like, hey, Garrett, look, like there's a bear going up it. I don't know that he ever saw the thing, and I'm like, ah, it's that spot. <laughs> it's just it's the thing by the thing over there. Where is it at? Where is it at? Well, it's there, but now it's it's going that direction. Like, 
it's amazing how fast in country that takes us 30 minutes to go 400 yards and they can do it in 60 seconds like it's flat ground and it ain't flat and it and at that time of the year it was so cold like it kind of appeared that those hillsides were open but it was a lie <laughs> because they were not open you know, well, it's it was, an easy hike. All that deciduous brush was just tangled you up the entire time. These bears just cruise around like it's flat ground, like nothing. This thing disappears. So it's, it, they've only been here now like 12 hours. And we've seen three bears. The same one twice. And, and then that new lighter chocolate bear. And it's like, this is, this is going to be a good hunt. So we keep backing up the ridge. It's like, well, we never actually got to where we we're going to glass. So we back up, we get up to the knob, and we sit there for a little bit, looking around, talk to the guys on the radio. It's like, yeah, nothing pops up. It's getting pretty late morning. We're just going to continue up this ridge, intersect with the main ridge, and then we'll meet you back at our trail we hiked in on and, and hike back out to the vehicle. Yeah, so that was the plan. Sat there and glassed. Nothing happens. Don't see anything else. Uh, well, saw some mule deer in a really weird spot to see mule deer. It was like, Is it was strange. Is there a weird spot to see mule deer anymore, considering uh, the places that we found mule deer in? Yeah, it was It was weird. It was a spot that I should have seen, like, coos deer. And it's like, oh, there's a herd of mule deer there. That <laughs> I was caught off guard to see to see them there. In, you know, in retrospect, after all of this hunt, like we saw those deer in there a lot after that, <laughs> but it was the first time that we had seen that that group there. Anyways, we were our you know our clock runs runs out of when we said we were going to move after glassing, so we put on the packs. Gary puts the gun on his shoulder and he's like, "Okay, we're just going to ease up this ridge line and work our way out." Like it's getting late, and we go around the corner, and it's still quite windy, and the wind's kind of going up the draw, so I'm, I'm thinking, like, there's no way we're going to see anything in front of us. The wind's blowing right at it. Anything, we've been glassing here the whole time. Anything in this direction has winded us at this point, and we don't walk 10 yards, and I'm like, bear, 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 bear. This thing blows out from under us at 200 yards. It had, there was a little flat spot, a little bench below us, and more or less an open spot, in quotation marks. This is not very open, but it was feeding. It had feed right there. And this thing blows out, and I'm, Garrett's 10 yards behind me, of course. <laughs> and I'm like, Garrett, bear, get the gun off your shoulder. Get, like, get up in front of me. Get on the slope right here. And he's... And, He's just gassed behind me. It, it's not even registering what's going on. He's like, what? what? And I'm like, bear, bear right there. And I'm pointing. I probably said it a dozen times before it finally clicked. This is all very quickly. He's like, oh, I see it finally. Oh, there's a bear. And now it's about <laughs> That's 250 yards out. And this, so this jet black bear is just moving. And normally, you know, anything you want a good setup. Well, we didn't have time for a good setup. 
This bear was clearly a shooter bear, and it was coming into a spot on the hillside. It was like, okay, good shot opportunities, even on a moving bear with a competent shooter. Right? Garrett had practiced a lot, shooting a variety of ranges, and was confident with a gun. And it showed in what he was able to do following this because the bear wouldn't stop. I, you know, did the did the Ric Flair woo at it a couple <laughs> times, and and it didn't even react. Like it, it was not staying around. And I'm like Garrett, if you're gonna shoot it, like it's still close enough, but you need to give it a lead. Like it's it's going left or right, maintaining elevation. Like you could still make good shots even even on this moving animal. And he hits it, and he didn't give it enough lead, so he hits it back, mm. slows it down. We've got a lot of hillside left to play with. Comes back out, hesitates, miss. Moves a little bit more, a little hesitation. Garrett sends another shot, hits it. So he's got two in it, two of three. It goes through a thick patch, comes back out. A little hesitation, gives him another shot presentation, misses again. And this whole time, I'm actively ranging Garrett's resetting it up, and I'm adjusting the turret. And so we started at like 350, and then now we're at like 450, but it's got two bullets in it, 290 grain burgers. And it's, it's slowed down substantially. And the, the, just the terrain, it's, it kind of turns and starts going away from us. And I'm like, Garrett, at this point, it doesn't matter what the presentation is on the Barrett. You already got one good shot in it, one not good shot in it. Any shot presentation, shoot it. Doesn't matter where. I don't care where it comes out. Put more bullets in it until the thing <laughs> stops moving. That's always the rule with bears. Shoot them until they stop for good. And Jake comes back out, and we had one more miss. And then the bear, like, heads up towards the top of the ridge. And I'm dialing the turret at this point. And he's like, I'm just not steady at this shooting position. Well, we were only shooting off of a... Shooting seated, you know, hands on, elbows on his knees, kind of cross-legged, but on a steep slope, and one trekking pole to support the fore end of the gun. And Not a great shooting setup you're at gassed, all. That's terrible. I think him being gassed actually helped him because when we did finally see the bear, he was so exhausted at that point he didn't get the crazy adrenaline dump. Mm. So he was, it was, he was so spent at that point that it was just like, oh more in the zone while while he was shooting like and he and i so i would i'm watching the bear i'm also watching him when he's shooting and his reactions and like he did everything correctly even you know when he missed it was like either the bear stepped or was moving and and he wasn't the most steady so i'm like okay stand up because there's only two setup options right here Second option is stand up and use the tree next to us, which wasn't a great option, especially since the bear is now twice as far. It's at, It just hit 600 yards. And I'm like, okay, stand up and just lean against this tree next to us, lean into the tree, you know, use an arm to support the gun, and get in a much more steady position. So he sets up, gets his feet placed right, and I dial the turret, and the bear comes out. It's going uh, about eighth to the right and away. 
and moving pretty slow. And I'm like, all right, here's your shot up. Boom. Hammers it at, I think it was 6.15. And to bear just topples down the, down the hill, maybe 10 yards. And it's flopping and rolling. So now he's got three of it. He's 50% on a moving bear the whole time. And it's a good bear. And, and that one, like, you could tell it was, that it was, was the on the money. Of the bear. It wasn't the end. So I'm like, okay, it's dead. But reload, stay in the gun, stay on it. And a couple minutes go by, and, like, the guys are trying to get information on the radio. We're not responding because we're not 100% sure that the bear is down. So a couple minutes go by. It might have even not have been minutes. might have only been seconds. But the thing rolls back over and goes right back to where he had just shot it. And it is just on a dead run. And so I gave the scope one more click because I rearranged at 6.29, and he's in the gun the whole time, and he just sends another one, puts a bullet in the same spot and hammers it and just rolls it down off a set of cliffs. It probably rolled 50, 60 yards downhill on that shot, and it's like, okay, you wrecked him. Like He put four out of seven in it. You can argue all you want and say that you shouldn't be shooting at an animal if it's moving and give me all these ethical things to say about it, shut up. He made fantastic shots on that bear, capitalized on an opportunity that was great, considering all the other conditions, and he made it happen. He made every shot opportunity he had count to the best of his ability, and he killed that bear, and the shots he made on it were fantastic. Would it have been better if it was standing out there on the hillside, broadside? Or slightly quartered away and feeding and unaware of a presence? Yeah. If we had waited for that, it wouldn't have killed one. Would have never happened. Well, we wouldn't have... How would you know? You don't know. You don't get opportunities. In the way that we're hunting, the places we're hunting, the terrain we're hunting, it's not like hunting other places. It's not like hunting other species. It's... You don't... I don't know. I, I'm not the type of person that is going to tell anybody to wait for everything to be absolute TV show perfect to, you know, one leg forward and put the shot right in the heart. Like, no. If it's a good shot and it's a lethal shot, take the shot. If you're confident in your abilities and your setup and all the other factors are on your side, do it. But we killed the bear. It was a great bear. Uh, a little over six foot boar, solid jet black, really dark muzzle on it. And man, it so it was 629 the last shot. It took us a good hour. I mean, the other guys were 500 yards behind us. Well, they just they went up and around. We like hiked across the basin to the bear. They got there about the same time and had to go twice as far, <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, or maybe even three times as far the route they walked, but. And then it took us, I mean, it, until that evening that we got back to camp. This was only late morning, and it was, I think it took with four people, it took a solid eight hours to, after shooting the bear, to get it out and back to camp. And, and it was a great bear. It was cool. To, it, was, it was one of the better uh, shooting episodes I've seen at a, at, a, at a bear in general. 
uh, I've definitely seen more misses on bears than any other animal because for some reason shooting at bears is totally different than shooting at anything else. It's, it's weird. Yeah. There's there's something primal about it though. Cody is one of the only people of anybody <laughs> that hasn't missed a bear. Yeah, well, when you have a bear, what was it, 232 yards or something? It wasn't very far. I think no. you closed both eyes and just kind of like. Yeah. It's, look, uh, it's close enough to where you can Pretty easy miss. shot when you practice a hell of a lot farther than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were like, nine iron, please. Right? <laughs> Smoke. Oh. Yeah, that was... That's not normal. Cody's yeah. like, I don't know what all this hard bear hunting stuff's about. I we know. had so many stories of, oh, man, we missed it, like, this far. Oh, we missed this bear. Cody's yeah. like, Somebody missed 70, 17 times. Like, yeah. And he comes out and just like, oh, bear. <laughs> he had a five-minute hunt. Well. It was like 15, 20. We had Cody, that hike 20. Over Cody had a 15-minute hunt, but I had like a four-day hunt to kill that bear with three different people. Come shoot this bear. Everybody miss. All right, call Cody. Aaron, Cody shows up. Aaron missed that bear on two different occasions with me on like Sunday. Took my wife out on Wednesday. She misses the bear. And then I'm like, all right, guys, I need somebody that's not going to miss. Cody, you're coming with me. Yeah. I'm like, all right, you're gonna take the gun. We're gonna we're gonna walk out here. We got this little we got a little spot to cross right here. We're gonna walk a few hundred yards. We're gonna get to the edge. There's this nice boulder. You gotta lay down on the boulder, and then this bear right at first light is gonna pop out right in the middle of the hillside, and you're gonna kill it. And Cody just looks at me like, "You're full of crap." Exactly. What happened? So we walk out there, and all of that happens. And he just looks at me. He's like, "You weren't kidding." <laughs> no. It actually happened. Holy shit. <laughs> like, well, yeah, and then and it was huge. And then it was a big sound. What I think big too sound. is awesome is that the very next year, your brother No, two years. Two years. Two I'm years, sorry. Two, two, years. Years. two years. Your brother kills a bear in that same spot from that same rock. Same rock, same spot, same gun, same shooting position. Same everything. Same distance. Same distance. Like literally like on the same trail. Like it, it could they, have been the same spot. They died within like 25 feet of each other. Well, actually, that's three bears that we've killed in that exact spot. Nick's yeah. bear died on the same spot also. He just shot it from a different spot. Like a few yards over. There's this perfect little rock down on the bottom of that little valley that's got three bear carcasses around it now. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great bear spot. I'll tell you what, it's 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 crazy. Uh, every single every single hunt is so incredibly different. Yeah, like I wish I had a two hundred yard shot at a bear. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have taken me no none two hours to get to it. <laughs> Best of luck next year, Hank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. They're they're all different. They're all fun. I know we're coming up on time. Yeah, we'll, uh, that's it. Thanks for we'll, joining us. We'll, we'll reconvene we'll, we'll, in a later We'll do date. this again for another one soon. Tell more stories. Tell more real stuff. Tell it how it is. I don't like people that BS on anything. Like, things are what they are. If yeah. you don't like it, suck it. Don't care. Yep. <laughs> if you do, uh, like this. Five star it. Uh, if you have uh, like real productive comments or want us to talk about anything, you can email us, uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can always send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. 
on either the Chase Outdoors podcast or the Chasing the King Facebook page or Instagram. Um, yeah, send us ideas, topics. Uh, we're going to do these more frequently, and it's, yeah, it's a little different than how we did it before. We're not going to do, there's not going to be very many edits. It just is what it is. It's a conversation. And, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Next time. Later. <laughs>